Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to Move Your Mind. My name's Nick Brax, and this is a podcast where we have real conversations with real people and give real advice. On today's episode, I want to welcome Olivia Arizona. Olivia is a sleep expert who's regularly featured both as a spokesperson and in the media. She has qualifications such as a Bachelor of Social Science, Certificate of Sleep Psychology, Diploma of Health Science, and a Certificate of Fitness. Her primary mission is to improve the lives of the global community inside and out. I also want to just use this time to say that the Move Your Mind book is now available in stores Australia-wide and online globally. We've got links in the show notes of where you can get the book. Thank you again for all the support, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Olivia, thank you so much for making the time. We've gone back and forth a few times, uh, but it is, and this is probably the first time I've spoken to you, and I don't, I can't even remember how long, so it's good to yes. reconnect. Absolutely, absolutely. It's been a long time since our modelling days in Melbourne. <laughs> <laughs> a very long time. I know, it seems like another lifetime. It's in, it's crazy. Yeah. It's so funny. No, it's fantastic. Um, I, I love what you're doing in the mental health space and... It's beautiful to see people like yourself who are genuinely so invested and just making it their sole purpose to raise awareness and, you know, really raise the profile of mental health. And um, this is why I wanted to jump on because I have so much respect for you and so much, um, you know, praise for you for doing it. So by supporting you with my sleep knowledge, it's, it's beautiful and I know that they're so intertwined um so yeah it's great to be here thank you for having me no thank you and yeah and exactly and same as me seeing from afar the work you're doing and it is it's in such a similar area and such an important thing and it's I mean sleep I, I guess as we're gonna hope learn you know through talking to you which I'm excited about um it's it it links to everything so it's mm. such an important topic and I guess like we're learning now more than ever how important it, it is and mm. you know effect, affects everything so yeah, super excited, and I know our listeners will be uh, very excited to um, to hear this and, and gain uh, a lot from from having you on. So, you know, thank you again for doing it. Thank um, you. Yeah, so before we get into it, I, I guess like we always ask the guest at the beginning if you can give a bit of a background on yourself and and how you, uh, you know, got to, got to where you are now. Sure, sure. So... Um... Professionally, I studied for nine years. Um, I did a range of wellness degrees, a Bachelor of Social Science Psychology, Certificate of Sleep Psychology, Diploma of Health Science Nutritional Medicine, Certificate 3 and 4 in Fitness. Um, so essentially that's psychology, physiology, nutrition, and sleep psychology. Um, so my objective from when I was about 17 was to help people feel their best inside and out. That's why I knew that I needed the and I, I needed the underpinnings of um, those areas, you know, psychology, nutrition, fitness, sleep, um, to be 
enabled to be, have the knowledge behind me to do that. Um, the reason I wanted to help people feel their best inside and out is because I faced some really, really um, intense uh, mental health problems when I was uh, a teen. Um, literally, like I was severely depressed at the age of 14. I tried to commit suicide. Um, fortunately, I didn't. So, um, well, fortunately, uh, when after the overdose, I said, I thought to myself, I don't think this is a good idea. I, I think life is can get better. <laughs> so yeah. I said, I just said to my dad, oh, I think we better go to the hospital. And we did. Um, but anyway, so you know, I was sev- obviously severely depressed and spent a lot of time. Um, you know, in ho- I spent some time in hospital in a psychiatric ward. Um, I've also struggled with anorexia, had been in hospital for that, been for six weeks, been in an outpatient unit for three months. Um, so, you know, through that journey, I had to come from rock bottom and I had a lot of support to get from rock bottom back into my best self. And it was like the diff knowing the difference between waking up every day and feeling feeling so numb that I had no emotions because I was in that much pain to be able to actually enjoy my life again and, you know, feel joy, feel pleasure, feel very, feel excitement, you know, want to socialize. Um, after that experience, that really taught me what I'm essentially here to do, which is help other people transform in that way. Um, hence what led me on to that, uh, you know, those nine years of study and, in terms of why sleep, it was really more, it wasn't so much my, my key interest. It was more those degrees allow me to understand sleep very well. And so when I was doing some coaching for different, for different areas, I started doing sleep. My sleep clients got really great results. I thought, no problem. I just combined my degrees and it's, it's you know, the research um it's very easy to fix and then the more I started sharing you know that my clients were getting great results literally every second person was like oh my god help me with sleep help me with sleep help me with sleep and I was like wow I think there's a there's a real need for this you know um and then yeah and then perspectively I was like wait a minute who's a sleep coach that I know like who's who's big in the sleep space you know on social media or in the media and I, I couldn't think of one person and to be honest, I was like, I actually don't think there is anyone leading the charge. And I was just like, oh, I'm going to lead that charge. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's, what, um, well, that's, what, that's, that's what's brought me to here. And um, like you, I've just finished my first book and it's due out for my publishers in 2022, which is great. And outside of that, I'm just, you know, raising the profile of sleep and sharing some great insights with lovely partners as as yourself um still doing some brand campaigns and yeah just enjoying the journey and really loving the results that I get my through my private clients you know and then send send me messages you know oh, I was able to sleep better after you know two nights of, after our session I'm like oh god that's nice yeah it's so yeah. nice to hear but mm. no well congratulations on the book and everything you're doing but that's um and thank, thank you, you for being so open and and sharing that, I mean, I, well, I guess I've known you over the years, but not well. But you know, it's, it's stuff that I would have never known about, and I think it's so great that you can uh, talk openly about those experiences. And I think it's people like yourself that 
come out the other end of that and you know go down the path you're going down that really can make so much change in people's lives because people want to hear from you know real stories and they want to understand you know you've got that understanding of what people you know need and how they respond to things and it gives you a lot of empathy i guess for other people so it's so great that you've been able to use that all of those experiences and and do your million different degrees which i <laughs> praise you on because i got one and i found that hard enough oh. um so you know <laughs> no very very impressive so yeah thank you for sharing sharing all of that um and the other thing That's i was right. going to ask you as well when you you're talking about what you went through i guess like being in the um in the modeling industry did that also um on a mental health level was it was that difficult because i know that causes so many problems for so mm. many so many people and in, in that in that industry mm. it's, it's interesting to be honest i actually found modeling was beneficial um right. i think you know because a lot of people like when they know my story like struggling with anorexia they're like oh you know is that because of modeling actually when I was modeling every single day, people would be like, you're so beautiful. You're so beautiful. You're so beautiful. So, um, it actually was like a boost <laughs> to it my, helped, yeah. yeah, to my self-esteem and my confidence. And, um, you know, like as a model, like they don't want you to be too slim. They want you to, they want you to represent health. And so with that sense of identity, it was actually, um, you know, protective against further, um, you know, further illnesses, which is great. Um, great. At the same time, I, th- I think there's like an area of, you know, like um, maybe that my identity did get caught up in, you know, what I looked like and maybe that there was greater attachment to how I look like. Um, but, yeah, overall my experience with the modelling world was quite um, – quite helpful in terms of mental health. I, you know, I feel like there's a great community there and, um, you know, you, you make friends with others on on the, on the day. And like, I also always remember as well, like, you know, when you're shooting, like you can, you can be all up in your head and, you know, be feeling anxious about this or anxious about this, or, you know, like maybe you're feeling like really bloated one day or something, but then like, you kind of just sink into it and you're like, okay, I feel a bit bloated, but like, so what? I'm just kind of here hanging out with my friends. You know, I'm trying on 40 different dresses and then I stand this way and then I stand this way and then I stand this way and then I stand this way. And it's just like, really like, I'm going to get caught up in some story in my head and like, what for? Like, come on, this is, it's not worth it. Like, it's really not worth it. This is, uh, there are better better things to worry about in the world and, um yeah, so that was my experience. How did you find it? Yeah. Um, I know probably a similar thing. I mean, when I got into it, I was, you know, still dealing with a lot of stuff and inc- I was incredibly insecure and mm. um, I probably did find it a bit of a confidence boost at the at the beginning and then mm. it sort of led to, I was on some different reality shows and I got a bit caught up in all of the, I think because I was so insecure, mm. I found, oh, this is, this is cool. Like people... Um, people people know who I am how do I get how do I get more of this and mm. so it, it fueled a bit of that but then at the same time you know I think it good having that experience because that actually then eventually when I came through the other side of that opened my eyes to what is important and what's not and uh, I think you know it's something that's a societal problem on a much larger scale now with mm. social media and the level of uh, exposure we have to everything um, mm. 
what what's what's the biggest problem that you see when it comes to sleep? What's the main thing that um that people the main obstacle to people getting good sleep? Maybe that's too complicated of a maybe that's a complicated area, but is there like a main thing that comes up? Um, I'd say blue light's probably the main factor of why people struggle to fall and stay asleep. Yeah, um, right, so blue right, light right. stemming from your devices, um, from TVs. Um, it has it. The reason why it's so powerful is because it suppresses melatonin. Um, melatonin is your key sleepiness hormone. So if you have um, less melatonin, you find it harder to fall and stay asleep. Um, there's also on the flip side, when you have less exposure to um, blue light, you have higher melatonin levels, so you find it easier to fall and stay asleep. Um, the other the other thing that is hugely relevant is um, alcohol. Now, I'm sure that I know that alcohol is hugely impactful for other illnesses, you know, anxiety, depression, but in terms of sleep, I'm just going to pull up my notes. Um, So I did some research. Uh, This is drawn from my book. So um, a study has found that 75% of alcohol drinkers wake too early, 69% struggle to stay asleep, and most will wake up around 3 a.m. because this is when you experience the rebound effect, which is when the sedative effect of alcohol wears off and your nervous system has an exacerbated spike of an adrenaline, sorry, a stimulating hormone called cortisol. And that leaves you with that chaotic stream of thoughts that many listeners will be familiar with. Um, so yeah, those are two really big factors, but also recognizing yeah. the impact of stress as well. Um, you know, in terms of in terms of sleeplessness, being stressed out, which is something that I'm sure you're well familiar with, both you know from interviewing people and you know your own experiences, that really contributes to that racing mind and that. Um, you know, incessant thought pattern and that can really intrude on sleep and it can actually encourage you to, um, you know, behave in adverse ways, adverse ways that you know are adverse to your sleep. For example, like yeah. if, you're, if you're stressed, it's easy to just tune out and watch TV. Even though you know it's mm-hmm. not good for you, you're still like, yeah, but I'm just really worn out and I just need something to switch off my mind. And so it's really multi multifaceted. Yeah, yeah. It sort of leads to the behavior that's gonna Correct and undo undo the quality of sleep, which you know, absolutely. like for me for me it's like going and it's doing that. It's like if I'm stressed or to unwind, it'll be watching lying in bed, watching Netflix, eating snacks late at night, which I'm sure that yeah. is not good for you. Uh, before bed as Correct. well. Correct. So Correct. Doing all the wrong things. Looking Correct. at screens and eating food. Right. A research paper found if you have a high-carb um, dinner one hour before bed, um, it takes you 40, 47% longer to fall asleep than if you had that same dinner four hours before bed. Oh, wow. So so that's sort of the amount of time you should have dinner at least four hours before before bed, Gen- I guess, depending on what you're Gen- you Gen- Generally, you want at least um, to finish dinner at least three hours before um before dinner sorry before sleep it just allows for your digestion to be at its greatest sense of rest when you are entering sleep yeah okay yeah 
So that's another pro. I ate dinner late, so um, I got got a few things to fix there. After after this uh, this podcast, you'll be ad- you'll be adjusting your sleep schedule, and I'll be t- following you up on it. <laughs> but I'll be trying to. This is a problem with my life at the moment because, like, a huge amount of my work is still in Australia, and I'm in I'm in New York, so a lot of the time, like tonight, actually, I've got a meeting at um, twelve thirty at night, mm-hmm. so. I'll be finished that by, you know, one one thirty. By the time I go to bed, it's 2 a.m., then I'm, like, sort of waking up a bit later than the next night a little bit. So my sleep schedule is, like, so off. Um, is that, like, is that in general not, that's not a good thing, is it, to sort of not... <laughs> so no. I'm just doing everything wrong when it comes to sleep. Everyone uh, listening, just do yeah, the opposite yeah. of what do, I do. What not, I do. do just do that. You'll be do fine. Do not do what Nick does. Um, <laughs> I completely understand. And this is something that, you know, I hear because a lot of people come to me and they're like, I can't sleep properly or, you know, I can't fall asleep. And they'll have these ad hoc sleep schedules where you're falling asleep at, you know, 2 a.m. one night and then you're trying to go to bed at 10, 10 p.m. one night. Um, what this, why this is a problem is because melatonin, your key sleepiness hormone, runs on a 24-hour cycle. So when you have higher levels of melatonin, um, you're able to fall asleep easier. But say for ex- and say for example, that's at 10 o'clock. And then the next night mm-hmm. you've got a meeting until until you know 1:30 in the morning. Um, know that blue light is one of the main suppressive effects of melatonin. So you're going to be doing that meeting probably on a Zoom or looking at a screen or looking at a laptop. And so yep. as a result, you suppress that melatonin that is usually high at that time. And so it completely dysregulates your circadian rhythm. And that's why you end up feeling like you're almost jet lagged half the time. Is that, does, that, does that sound familiar to how you feel when you um, have such altered sleep schedules? Uh, yeah, no, definitely. Like you feel sort of a bit, a bit off and I don't know, it's varied, uh, a lot of the time. Yeah, I guess like you do, sometimes you feel like even though you've actually had like seven or eight hours of sleep, you still feel a bit, it doesn't feel like it's been a, like a restful sleep. I found that quite a lot. Uh, which I, I mean, is that the same with like, if someone's really stressed and anxious and has all these unresolved things and you're taking, you're going to bed with that I've experienced this, and a lot of people that have as well, where you, you you know you're sleeping like often even more than you should be, 10, 11 hours. Mm. I hear about a lot of people like that, but then they're just so tired still, and so it's they're not getting that restful sleep. Correct. That, yes. Ab- absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess it's yeah. Show, how it shows how important it is to to deal with you know stress and anxiety, and um, not it would be a compounding thing. The 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 more you leave it your, your sleep's not as important not not as high quality i mean and then it just compounds, compounds. Um, absolutely yeah. yeah yeah it's um you know when I, when i'm speaking to my clients so there's ways that we can remedy sleep via um physiological measures and so i know that we've got some sleep strategies coming up and what i recommend is my signature bedtime routine for example which is all around like blue light and, you know, physiological measures. Um, but the thing is that unless you recognize, identify and unhinge from subconscious stress, you can do all of the sleep routines in the world and have no alcohol and, you know, keep your bedroom dark. 
But if you're, if you're subconsciously stressed and hyper-stimulated and hyper-aroused from that, that in itself can be a major contributor to sleeplessness and can actually sabotage your efforts to sleep properly. Um, you know, the, the mind is powerful. When, when there's restlessness in the mind, it, it's, it eventuates out in behaviors. And for some people, that's their inability to sleep. Yeah, yeah, which might make sense. So, uh, so it's like, and it comes back to what we were saying at the beginning, where um, sleep it's linked to all 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 these different areas of wellness are linked. You know, if you're if you're not looking after, if you're not exercising, if you're not eating well, if you're not looking after your mind, you know, mm-hmm. these are all going to con- contribute. So I guess for having quality sleep, you've got to then be also looking at. Uh, all of these other behaviors that you're doing and other areas of wellness and have, you know, it's not, not like get one thing right and the rest will follow. You got to really look after all of them. Mm. You do. But I will say that by sleeping, you improve all of mental health and physical health. Mm. Um, So perspectively, those with insomnia are 17 times more likely to have an anxiety disorder. They're 10 times more likely to have depression. Um, you, I'll bring up my stats because there's some. God, that's really, yeah. Please do because that's that's yeah, yeah. that's, am I, that's full on. That's mm. that's insane. Yeah, absolutely. Just um, just one moment. Sorry, I didn't no, expect no us to be going here. Otherwise, I would have. Uh... But this is so interesting. No, yeah, no. no it's... I think this is like yeah. Yeah, um. So I have a in my in my upcoming book. I've got a chapter health conditions linked to sleep. So we just went over right right depression. Um, anxiety. What else have we got? PTSD. Ninety-one percent of those with PTSD have difficulty falling and staying asleep, and seventy-one percent report nightmares. Seventy-seven um, percent of people with panic attacks have disturbed restless sleep. Um, alcoholics, as I mentioned before. So, where is it? That's right. Um, a longitudinal study found that 11, men, men drinking more than 11 standard drinks per week. And so that's really not that much. That's pretty much going out maybe two nights and, you know, having... Mm-hmm having four drinks or so, and then another few nights of having, you know, just one or two. Um, Those individuals are 30% more likely to wake multiple times in the night compared to non-drinkers. And for women, drinking more than 11 standard drinks correlates with a 39% greater likelihood that they're going to sleep less than seven hours. Wow. Um, Yeah. Which Yeah, and that is a a lot of people that would be drinking – you know, that much per week, if not more. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, those are just some of the conditions. Another really big one, which is hugely relevant, is obesity and overweight. I know that um, in Australia, 83% of men and 72% of women are overweight or obese. So that's like you know, four to five out of five. So like 
there's one person out of that group that isn't overweight or obese. Um, and perspectively, right. though, what this means is when you're obese, you're 67% more likely to have a poor sleep quality um, and twice as likely to use sleeping pills. Mm. Um, those who are obese are also 50% more likely to report insomnia. Right, so it's, yeah, it's, a, it's a, big, a big percentage of that as well. Was that was that a pun in, was that pun intended? A big percentage. <laughs> it actually wasn't, but you know, I should I should just claim that it was. <laughs> I'll just I'll re-edit it and say that I, I claim it. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. I'm just going to fix um, the edit after this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, you know, further than that, those with diabetes that's a huge problem. Um, adults sleeping less than five hours are five times more likely to develop diabetes. Um, yeah, because these are some of the questions I was going to ask you. What you know? What are the side effects of long-term lack of sleep? What are the long-term sort of implications? Absolutely, just all, all of those. Yeah, everything. All of those that I've just covered. You know, through. anxiety, anxiety, depression, panic attacks. Um, you know, you're more likely to be overweight and obese. Um, also infertility, infertility is a huge issue for so many individuals. Um, research shows that a, that women having less than seven hours of sleep are 15% less likely to get pregnant. Um, wow. My yeah. God. 15%. Yeah. yeah. And God, sleep, that's, it's a, yeah, that's crazy. Sleep disturbances are 34, 30, so sorry, another study found that Sleep disturbances occur for 34% of infertile women as well. Um, so this is just some of the, some of the areas. Out, you know, and then you move on to the cognitive disorders as well. Um, for those who are experiencing disturbed sleep, a 40-year study found that they have a 51% greater likelihood of developing Alzheimer's disease. Um, ADHD, again, something that people are really challenged with and I feel is, you know, everyone says they can't switch off their mind. I would say that pretty much mm. half the population would be borderline ADHD. Um, yeah. yeah. Seriously. Uh, yeah. Um, a research paper found that from over 4,000 people with ADHD, 41% have insufficient sleep and 43% have insomnia symptoms. Um, and then another paper found of 31,000 individuals found that those sleeping six or less hours a night are 1.5 times greater, sorry, 1. times more likely to report ADHD. Wow. Um, yeah, I won't. That's a big one as well. It's huge, yeah. huge. Um, yeah. Another another really big one is autism. Now that's huge in in kids and. 86% of those with autism experience sleep problems um, and 54, sorry, 54% are resistant to bedtime, 53% experience parasomnias and 45% have difficulty waking up. Um, and another, another paper found that for every four minutes decrease in sleep length, there's an increase in the severity of autism. Um, so a lot of the thing is that, you know, I've, wow. Yeah. Yeah. 
like four four minutes. It's nothing. Um, the thing is that it's always it's primarily bidirectional. So all of these um, all of these health conditions that I've mentioned. So sleeplessness, for example, sleeplessness causes more anxiety. More anxiety also causes sleeplessness. The same with depression. The same with alcohol. The same with ADHD. So it's the research shows that it's all bidirectional. Um, mm-hmm. I think the thing is that sleep is sleep. If you if you have the right strategy, and we, I know we're going to get into that into my signature bedtime routine very shortly. Um, if you have the right strategy, it can be e- really easy to fix. You know, I've got private clients who have not slept well for, you know, 20 years and within literally a week of implementing my routine, they are able to sleep properly again. They're able to return to sleep after, you know, not being able to return to sleep for less than 90 minutes. And then all Mental sudden, health and well-being are real issues in the construction within, industry. You know, Men in construction are twice as likely minutes. to take their own life compared to the ones who work in other industries. And that's just not good enough. With John Holland's help, we want to make a change. We've joined together to have honest conversations about mental health, life, and stories of people who have overcome challenges. When we hear about stories and struggles that sound a bit like ours, we can learn from each other and remember that we're not alone. A lot of the thing is that working on anxiety, for example, that's hard. There's a lot of subconscious muck there. Depression, Mm -hmm. that's hard. These are long-term things. Whereas sleep... Mm -hmm. Sleep doesn't have such a long-term trajectory when you have the right strategies and you have the right support. Um, So I feel that's really comforting to know because when you are struggling with, you know, say depression, anxiety, or even a physical health condition like obesity, it's like, okay, this, 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 there's a long journey ahead. Right. Mm -hmm. But in terms of sleep, it's, there's not a long journey. You just need to know the right advice. Yeah, which is so important for people to to hear because if you are dealing with any of those other issues, depression, anxiety, or you know a mental health related issue or whatever it is, um, your if you can work on your sleep first, then you're going to be in such a better position to, to then deal with everything else. Exactly so right. Exactly right. And that's. Yeah. I think this is uh you know when I started to learn this, this is when I really started to be truly passionate about sleep because. You know, I had the goal to improve the lives of everyone inside and out. I didn't know how that mm. was, how I was going to do that. But then, you know, even just hearing all the stats there, I'm like, wait a minute. So if I improve sleep, I improve anxiety, I improve depression, I improve type 2 diabetes, I improve ADHD, I improve Alzheimer's. Like you, sleep is the underpinning. So by working on sleep, you improve everything. But perspectively, yeah. there's think about it. it. Sleep must be pretty bloody important. Sorry, that's my Aussie coming out of me. <laughs> pretty bloody important. Um, pretty cons- bloody important. It's good, good important. to hear a bit of Aussie. Yeah. yeah need, I need some Aussie after being right? in New York for a while. <laughs> oh, mate, I'll give you plenty of Aussie. <laughs> Please so, do, mate. So, but if you think about it, on an evolutionary perspective, what other activity do does biology say we should spend a third of our lives doing like evolutionary evolution like uh, that's what our evolution has dictated that we should spend one third of our life sleeping it must be pretty important you know there's nothing else that 
there's nothing else it, that has a has such of a importance in terms of our um you know evolutionary well-being for sure yeah, yeah. exactly so think, it's like such a huge part of life absolutely it's yeah. bloody important it, it, it is it's bloody important mate. really bloody important mate <laughs> <laughs> it is um forgot what i was going to ask you something else came in my mind before when you were saying all of that but anyway that's yeah, yeah super i don't wanna, i don't want to overwhelm no, actually, that's what I was... So what, what is the the sort of minimum amount you should be getting of sleep? Or is there like a range of hours we're meant to get every night? Seven to nine hours. Right, seven yeah. to nine. Yeah. Yeah, 95% of the population needs seven to nine hours. Um, you might find you need more if you are sleep deprived, if you are suffering sleep debt, if you have an altered sleep schedule, as you do. <laughs> and um it's also depending on your genes um their researchers at the university of california for example have found there's a gene that codes for short sleep um so those with a gene a mutation of a gene called dec2 um on average sleep six six hours and 25 minutes um those without that mutation on average sleep eight hours and four minutes um, so it is okay, yeah. yeah, so there's a lot of, uh, it depends on your biology, um, and those other factors. And as we were talking before, as you can, as you may assume stress as well is huge. The more stressed we are, the more, the more exhausting it is on the body. Um, and the more recovery time we need. Yeah. Which it's getting worse, you know, stress and people we're, we're glued to screens 24 seven and, uh, I guess it's yeah, it's becoming a bigger problem in the world. So it's it's I'm sure that's affecting people's sleep from mm. um, all walks of life. Uh, Absolutely. And yeah, I guess like that was another thing that I because I when in my book we did a bit on sleep and I was looking into that that gene mm. you were talking about. Um, mm. And you because you hear a lot of you know public figures talking about um, that you know they. They sleep for, or you hear like The Rock, he'll talk about, I sleep for four hours a night. He goes, mm. you know, goes to bed at midnight, gets up at 4 a.m. And and you hear a lot of like motivational people saying, you know, you, you just got to push harder mm. and, you know, do this and do that or sleep for, you know, five or six hours and just get cram more into your day. Mm. Uh, but it might be applicable to that small amount that maybe have that gene. But then I guess that's, you know, bad advice for a lot of people where... It's um, terrible advice. Yeah. They're trying to implement that into their life, yeah. It's bloody terrible advice, that is. Bloody terrible. So so don't don't bloody listen to them. No, no. Ignore no. that bloody advice. Absolutely. Come to me and I'll, I'll tell you exactly what you need. Good. Yeah. Um, so what, yeah, in terms of how, how can people go about trying to improve this and um, are, are there some simple daily routines we should start putting in place to, to look after our sleep? Absolutely. So I am very glad that you asked me this because um, I know we don't have too much time left, but I do want to share my signature bedtime routine because, as I mentioned, this is the routine that my private clients have used to see improvements in their sleep in less than seven days. So it actually works. Yeah. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> um, yeah. So what um, it's what it starts with is blocking out blue light two hours before bed at least. Um, so 
as we were talking before, melatonin is the main sleepiness hormone. Blue light suppresses melatonin. This makes it harder to fall and stay asleep. Um, step two is to diffuse lavender. Um, lavender has been found in clinical trials to reduce anxiety by 59%, which is often the main cause of sleeplessness, and improve sleep quality by 45%. Um, step three is to have a good night phone alarm. Now, this is literally just an alarm that pops up on your phone one hour before bed that says sleep better. And when that alarm goes off, that is your cutoff time for devices. Mm, um, that would be so important. Yeah. Yeah. It's, but it's, it's, a very, it's a very simple trick. But a lot of my private clients who implement that are like, it's so simple because it lessens the reliance on you to simply just to just remember. And mm. it's like, mm. it, yeah, so it's, uh, it's, it's a good one. And then by seeing the word sleep better, you're psychologically reminded why you're going to put away the phone. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Bringing my psychology studies into my routine. <laughs> Perfect, um, combining everything. Yeah. Correct, correct. Um, step four is to have a shower or a bath. Now that okay. is because the, core, the drop in your core body temperature is a signal for your body to release melatonin, that sleepiness hormone. Um, yep. Step five is to have a magnesium-based sleep supplement, which is natural. Um, much like lavender, magnesium has been found to reduce anxiety by 31% in clinical trials. And that is definitely helpful for those who find themselves unable to switch off in the evening. Um, step six is to read a book or meditate. Um some people find meditation helpful. Some people don't. So you just choose your, choose your advice. And yep. step seven is to wear an eye mask. Right. Um, okay. Yeah. There was a research paper that found um, regular lighting can reduce from dusk to dawn. So during the night um, can reduce your melatonin levels by 71%. Um, wow. So, yeah, it's huge. So if you are not blocking out light with an eye mask, then that can really be a limitation to your sleep. Um, I think. Yeah, the, see, that, that, that's a crazy one. So even if you're in a fairly dark room, if it's not sort of... Um, it should be pitch black. Like unless it's pitch... Yeah, but, pitch and, and so many people. Like, that's crazy because so many people sleep in rooms where it's not pitch black. And Correct, correct. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think the the really important thing about that um, routine is it's not about picking and choosing. It's not about saying, oh, yeah, that's okay. I'm going to do step four. You do everything yeah. and you do it consistently and you do it for at least a week and you will see improvements. If you don't, come and talk to me on Instagram, type in sleep expert. I'm the first one that pops up. Talk to me <laughs> and then I'll I'll help you. But I know that strategy yeah. works. Um, and so, yeah, cause yeah. a lot of people are like, oh, but I've, you know, I've had, I've, I've done a bit of that and I've done a bit of that. And I'm like, yes, but have you ever done all seven steps consistently for at least a week? Have you ever done that? Yeah. I, most people would say no. So, yeah. um, yes. So that, that is, is the there, routine. Well, thank, no, thank you so much for sharing that. I'm, I'm actually so excited to hear this because I'm going to, I'm going to try this. I'm going to report back to you. And um, I'm sure it will help me a lot. But uh, that's what I was going to ask. Is there so any eye mask? Because I've always found like sleeping with an eye mask on to be uncomfortable. 
or is there is it just it, you just get used to it the most you adjust to it i guess the most comfortable one is the one for you um ideally right. you want you want one that um you know blocks 100% of light um but the more important thing is that it's actually comfortable and that you're happy to sleep with it on yeah yeah okay cool yeah well yeah thank you again for sharing all of that um so we yeah we finish every interview with these five questions did you have anything else you um wanted to add i think we've covered a fair bit here i I feel like we've really shared some great insights into um, everything that i wanted to cover and i feel like if we give too much give too much more information then um, we would be going against our objective of lessening stress. <laughs> exactly. We don't want to overwhelm people. No. We definitely no. don't want to do that. No. No, keep no. it simple. But keep I think you know, I think anyone listening, you know, the way you finish, if people should, you know, try and put what you said. It's simple. Yeah. Follow your steps. Do that for seven days. I'm going to do it myself. I'm, I'm excited. Going to back. Fantastic. Maybe we can, we might have to do like a follow-up podcast interview in the future and talk about that. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Exactly. That's what people should do. Go and put it into practice. Absolutely. Um, and bef- just before we go into this, if people want to look you up or find more about your work or anything else, um, we'll put all the links in the show notes when we um, release this. But where, where can they go? Um, I'm, I'm pretty active on Instagram. So yep. um, if you literally type in sleep expert, I'm the, the first one that, top, that pops up, which is great. Um, otherwise great. you can try and type my la- my first and last name, Olivia Arizolo. Good luck. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. Instagram's the best place to connect. And I would love, love, love to connect with anyone who's here, who's heard this and, you know, hear what was the, you know, greatest takeaway. Um, also know that, um, that signature bedtime routine that I have, um, I've got an ebook as well. I'm happy to share that in the show notes with you guys. Um, send that to you like, I just want to help people get better sleep. So it's great to have, you know, this. That's um, yeah, thanks. Yeah. It's it's good to have this, you know, the the audio, but it's really nice to be able to look at something and refer back to it. Um, so that's, you know, I was I was on a podcast last week with um, Steph Claire Smith and Laura Henshaw for Kick podcast. And ah, uh, yep, you know, yep, yep. Yeah, those girls are beautiful, and um, a lot of yep. their listeners found it really helpful to have the tangible. Uh, you know, PDF ebooks. I'm super happy to share that. And I'll share that with, you know, if people wanted to connect with me on Instagram, I'm happy to share that as well too. Um, Amazing. So yeah, Thank in, you. In, Instagram's the best otherwise, and that gives you links to my website um, and my link, links to emailing me as well. So yeah, it's a kind awesome. of a one-stop shop. One-stop shop for it. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll put all of the links um, in the show notes for, for Instagram and everything else. So yeah. Um, yeah, perfect. Thank you. We finish every, yeah, they, these can be sort of quick answers or whatever comes to mind, but we sort of have these five questions at the end of each, each episode. Um, Let's do it. So yeah, the first, the first one is, uh, what's your best childhood memory that comes to mind? Playing with my dad and my, on the farm and my favorite cow who was cow number 21. So I cow, I called this cow, <laughs> cow 21. <laughs> Cow twenty one, playing with cow twenty one. I like it. I, I haven't had out. that as a as an answer yet, so that's good. Cow twenty one. <laughs> cow twenty one was a bloody good cow. Yeah, there you go. Bloody good cow. Um, 
What do you think is currently the the biggest burden on mental health in society? Sleeplessness. There you go. I mean, of course, sleeplessness. Sleep. I think I agree with you after this. Right. After, after hearing, hearing what you said tonight, For I think sure. you. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm like feeling bad about my routine now. I've got to fix this. I'm also feeling bad. So to after this call, we're, we're going to have a private consult and I'm going to give you some uh, actionables. Seriously. 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 Yeah. 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 To, I think I, well, I, I really need it. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm calling myself a mental health advocate and I'm not sleeping properly. So Exactly right. So so do you, think that, fixed. do you think that really you wanted me on the show, but actually you just wanted to see what I was going to advise and then think, okay, am I doing the right things? And if I'm not, maybe Olivia can... Uh, can give me some sleep coaching because if that was the main intention of this call, I'm happy. It's fine. I'm, I'm happy to connect with you for sure. That, um, was, that was the the only intention. Of this correct. Thing, correct. So, correct. You know. <laughs> well, you, you are you are happily my newest sleep client. So get ready for Excellent. your uh, get ready for your one to one session. Get ready for your follow up notes with weekly actionables, and get ready for I do uh, as part of my programs. I offer. Um, like check-ins via whatsapp and if somebody doesn't check in for a few days i just send them a little message I'm like how are you going how's it going and so look forward yeah. to me uh pestering your whatsapp <laughs> awesome i like being pestered i, good, love, it. I good. love it i'm held just accountable exactly no you need it it's good it's so good yeah um so where, where do you see mental health in the next decade do you see things improving uh, do you see things maybe going downhill? Do you, yeah, what, what's your general take on that? I had actually a different perspective on it. Um, yeah. My response, because you sent me these questions beforehand, my response yeah. to this question was technologically advanced. Yeah. I just, yeah. I just see it being more, there's more AI, there's more data. Um, will it get worse or better? I'd say, I'd say, I would say probably worse, but is that because it's actually getting worse or is that because we are just tracking it more? Mm-hmm. So true. So true. It'll become yeah. a, a lot more stuff will come to the surface that we're not aware of. Exactly right. That like, doesn't, that doesn't yeah. mean it didn't exist before. It's just mean we're unaware of it before. Exactly. It's so interesting, isn't it? It's like now it's like we hear about all these things, but it's like, well, was that there in the past exactly right. has has anything actually this core stuff changed or is it just talked about more so exactly right. yeah i like that answer Thank um what what would you say is your personal definition of happiness doing what you love with who you love when you love um also being grateful for the little moments you know the this is something i'm personally working on you know my own happiness journey and it was really good. One of my um, one of my coaches said, you know, because I said I typically I was very I'm very goal directed, which is good, but to the point that sometimes if I'm not productive, I feel like it's uh, you know I feel guilty. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is something that I'm still working on. And so rather than sh- so what what we kind of uncovered and what. I'm now orienting my days around rather than just being as productive as possible. I'm trying to have the greatest experience as, as possible. Now, when you have that and see, it's a very, very different mindset. Um, When you're trying to be productive, you're just trying to go, 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 go. It doesn't matter about you in that moment. It's just the, it's just the output. 
Whereas I want to experience every day and make the most of every day. And through that process, that is for me happiness. You know, this comes down to even this morning, I was sipping on my tea and I just literally, I closed my eyes and I was like, this is the best cup of tea I think I've ever had, like ever. Just allowing yourself to enjoy, you know, enjoy the moment. <laughs> right, yeah. exactly right, yeah. exactly right. And I feel that's what true happiness is when you are so present and so conscious that na- the happiness is now and we mm-hmm. can have our greatest experience right now. It can literally just be the fact that we're connecting and sharing insights. This is this is where true happiness can and does lie, you know, and to be grateful for this opportunity, you know, to be grateful to connect with you. It's only, we've only tried, you know, 700 times, <laughs> um, you know, yeah. to be, to be grateful to have the space within our days to be able to do this and dedicate our time to raising awareness, um, you know, to be grateful for my cup of tea. That for me is, this for me is true happiness. Um, yeah. Yeah, gratitude for this moment. Which it's, no, it's such an important point what you're saying because we're, and you know, that's the same thing for me. It's this perfectionistic mindset that I'm always trying to, battle against and always wanting to do more and push myself harder and achieve more and and that that can never lead to happiness because even if you do achieve the outcomes that you you're hoping for or you become you know the most successful person in the world or in your field you're still going to be like seeking external validation for feeling good so it's like like what you said if if you reframe that to i'm just going to enjoy the process every step of that process what i'm doing right now because all, all we ever have in life is the process of what we're doing anyway. So it's like if you don't enjoy that, what are you going to enjoy? You're right. just waiting for like permission to be happy or, you know, it's, you're never going to get there. So, Correct. so I Correct. love that it, point. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, the thing is, if you're focused on being productive or the goals, then you're always chasing exactly as you said. It's that external. In order to be happy, yeah. you have to you have to be here. Happiness isn't in the future. Happiness is right now. It's the only place it is. You know, Eckhart Tolle, the power of the power of now. Happiness yeah. is now. The only time we can ever be happy is if we're in this moment right now. And that can't, and I feel like if we ground ourselves in reflecting on the gratitudes in this moment, then we naturally become happier. Um, yeah, it's actually really beautiful. It's that that was. Um, so I have like. A, coach, therapist, whatever you want to call them, um, you know, weekly sessions with him. And that was something that unfolded from our session earlier this week. And I must say, this week has been so different because rather than trying to, yeah, be productive, I've tried to Mm. enjoy the experience. So like, for example, the other day, you know, rather than just eating breakfast at my laptop over my emails, I was like, you know what, I've got a bit of extra time. Sure, I could do some more work, but is really that important? Actually, what's going to bring me greater happiness today is to go and make breakfast with, for my housemates and share it with them. And it was, yeah. it was great, you know. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you know, and that's. I think this is, uh, you know, just appreciating. Hey, this is an opportunity for me to make the most of this. How am I going to do that? Um, that's for me what happiness is. I love it. It's so important. It is so important. You know, it sounds. And it could sound, you know, trivial to people, but it, it, it's, it's everything. It's like 
if you can't learn to just enjoy what's in front of you right now, you can't be happy because you you'll you'll always be looking for something else if that's if that's the mindset. So absolutely, yeah. Um, so final one: what is the most courageous thing you've ever done? Seek help for my mental health challenges and share it on platforms like this. Yeah. Well, thank you again for coming on this. And we did get there after 7,000 exchanges and we did it. I'm so glad I reconnected. And it's been really good to. Yeah. And appreciate you being so open and sharing so much information. And, you know, I know it will help all of our listeners. So very grateful to have you on there. And, um, yeah, thank you for making the time. Thank you so much for having me. I am so grateful to share both my personal and professional journey. Um, I feel like a lot of the time you see successful people, you know, when I say like successful, um, you know, people who are doing well in their business and career and you sort of look at them and you're like, they must have all their shit going on, going, so all their shit together. I don't. I definitely don't. You know, I've, I, I go through weekly therapy, coaching, whatever you want to call it. There's still things like I'm actively working on my own happiness. I'm actively, you know, there's days where I'm so anxious that I'm super restless and I can't even sit down. Like that's still happening now. So this is something I'm trying to overcome. But these things, just because I'm doing well business-wise doesn't mean that doesn't make me immune to emotional challenges. And, um, you know, I feel that the more open and real we can be and just say, hey, you know what? All of us are facing challenges. All of us, oh, every, every single person. Every, everyone. No, but it's so like, and, and you know, you could probably record a whole podcast episode just on this topic. But mm. like you're saying, you know, it's not, um, it, and it's the same. For, I'm, you know, working mental health, and I try and I have a lot of things I do that are healthy for me. But I'm constantly, you know, having to work on things and and having ups and downs. And sure. I think, um, I think everyone, you know, you're not human if you don't. But I think. It's actually a lot of the people that are very successful that have the most issues because they may not have a lot of self-awareness or they've just pushed things down because everything's been an obstacle. Looking after yourself is in their mind is an obstacle to success. And I've met so many people like that where you talk to them and, you know, you can see that, uh, yes, you know, great, they've achieved whatever it is, but they there's just not that that emotional development's not there and they they don't work on it so it's like the things mm-hmm. it doesn't go hand in hand it's another thing that you've got to actively work on so it's, sure. yeah such an important we're, point we're all we're all a work in process it's all a journey for all of us and, and it, yeah, it, just, it never ends exactly you know it's there's no end point yeah no but this is this is the beauty you know we can continually try and try again you know we can exactly so this is uh, also why I like sleep. Sometimes people are like, oh, you know, I didn't sleep so well. I'm like, well, you got a lifetime ahead of you of sleeping. <laughs> you can try yeah. again tonight. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to run out of opportunities no, to try again. No. It's, a, it's a good way to look at it. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. It's been so oh, well, nice thank- to connect with you. Thank you so much for having me, honestly. This episode of Move Your Mind was produced and edited by Tim Boozer. Thanks to Olivia Arizello for joining me today for Move Your Mind. And 
just a reminder that the Move Your Mind book is now available in stores Australia-wide and online globally. The links for it are in the show notes. If you can purchase the book, spread the message, tell people about it. It helps us in a major, major way. We really appreciate your support and thank you for following us. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. 